Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Short & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Almost 90% of us work in businesses that have 20 employees or fewer. In other words, there's a very good chance that you own a small business or you work in one. There's no genetic condition or legislation that directs Americans into small business. It's simply that we prefer working for ourselves or with people we know and like. On the other side of the coin, consider this. 90% of us are not naturally talented at any one thing, including business. For that reason, around half of small businesses don't make it more than four or five years. One of the ways of lessening the risk of failing with a small business is to buy a blueprint that lays out exactly what you need to do to succeed. That's called buying into a franchise. The most visible kind of franchises are the big ones, like McDonald's and Subway, but there are a large number of smaller franchises in all kinds of industries. For example, Bar 3. Bar 3 is a popular workout program that combines elements of yoga, Pilates, and ballet bar exercises. There are over 100 Bar 3 studios across the country. Around 3% of those are owned by New Orleanian Kendall Carrier. There is one uptown, one downtown, and one in Old Metairie. Kendall, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, great. Now, Budget Blinds is a bigger franchise operation with over 1,000 locations in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Here in New Orleans, the Budget Blinds franchisor is Jeff Anderson. Jeff is a great example of a small business person who arrived at franchising through a succession of other business ventures that had varying success, including stints as a cowboy and a stockbroker. <laughs> I think those two careers actually have a lot in common. <laughs> Jeff, welcome out to lunch. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Kendall, the Bar 3 business model is in one sense not a typical franchise. You have a network of instructors who are not professional Bar 3 instructors. They're trained in the Bar 3 system, but they typically teach classes part-time. What's different about this is we think of the fundamental key to the success of a franchise as sticking rigidly to a prescribed formula so that every Big Mac in every McDonald's everywhere in the world tastes the same. With Bar 3, though, not only is it difficult to police every single part-time instructor's workout, but the workout might actually benefit from the contributions of individual instructors and the evolution of change. Are you allowed to personalize your Bar 3 studio workouts, or is there a centralized system that kind of keeps a check on you? Well, that's a great question. We, um, we do have a standard and a structure. There are certain elements that you'll receive in every Bar 3 class. You'll, um, part of the class, you'll hold postures, you'll move in small one-inch motions, and then you'll move in big functional movement to get the heart rate up. And that's really what helps to boost um, long-term results and help you get strong. But within that, each instructor can t have their own take 
on um, their personal teaching style. We know that we can't have cookie cutter instructors and people, our clients gravitate to different instructors based on the way they teach. So it's really unique instead of trying to make these like bar three soldiers, we, um, we embrace that <laughs> every like instructor is gonna be different, that, right? Yeah. It wouldn't work anyway. And so why even bother? And um, the same thing for our clients. It's, it, we don't expect that they look the same. Everybody's going to come with different injuries, perhaps, different age groups, different limitations. And you sort of came with injuries, I right? I did. I found bar three. Um, I actually did my workouts online. I was a marathon runner and a yoga Which instructor. Which can really eat you up. Yes. Minutes. Yeah. So I had tons of injuries. So I started rehabbing myself with bar three. And that's what inspired me to open my first studio. Wow. Jeff, according to the Budget Blinds website, the cheapest entry-level franchise requires over $100,000 of investment. Franchising is no doubt a safer route than starting up your own blind business, but nothing is 100% certain. Before you get started, you don't know if you're going to be a great blind salesperson or not. And we have to straighten this out. You're not a blind salesperson. You're a sighted person selling blinds. Okay. The company, <laughs> the company says they will help finance you in the franchise. But if things don't work out, I assume they still want their $100,000 back. Is that really much less stressful than starting up your own well, absolutely. It was much less, much less stressful for me. And the reason being, with a franchise, as you mentioned before, you're getting a blueprint or a recipe, so to speak. So the advantage is, you know, I've started three businesses from scratch. So when you start a business from scratch, you're just, you're making it up. You think it's going to work. You do as much research <laughs> as you can. You hope it's going to work. But, you know, you're not really sure, okay? With a franchise, you have the opportunity to go out and vet the business model. Number one, you can vet the model. If, if the franchise has been around for a while, you can say, okay, it's doing it. The other part of it is you can talk to other franchise owners. So I talked to over 30 people to vet the franchise, number one, and to make sure it was a good fit for me, number two. So for those two components, really worked out well, and I think it's worth the investment. So that's that a good standpoint. suggestion, though. If you're thinking about this, not just kind of talking to management, they've got kind of a skewed view, view of everything, but if, talking to the franchisees, kind of get the real, the real deal. Oh, absolutely. And it's important to remember that the, the, the people that sell franchise and franchise development, not to badmouth them or anything, but their job is to sell franchises. So yeah. <laughs> you really need to do your due diligence. And, uh, Ken, where do your clients come from? I mean, uh, a little bit different because they obviously walk, walk by your, yes. your facilities. Yes. But is it social media? What is it? You know, we have a big pull from our social media, especially our Instagram. Um, the majority of our clients are word of mouth. Uh, we incentivize our current clients to bring in... Um, new clients and people like to work out together. I mean, friends like to go with each other, sisters, moms. So is it all women, by the way? It's not. It's predominantly women, but it's um, you know it attracts kind of a more female dominant okay. um, clientele. But anytime there's a, a guy in there, they get it. As a matter of fact, we train um, some Saints players, which oh, I will keep them. Are you can't nameless, mention, but um, I mean, it's a fantastic workout for anyone. It just has a bigger female audience. <laughs> And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about was your, cl your clients, do they get overly attached to the instructor or do they have a bond with the studio as well? You know, we have this very strong community. A lot of our clients meet friends there, especially if they're new to New Orleans. So I would say there is a strong um, community at each studio, which is very separate. And then I would say there's probably about 30% that will follow a specific instructor, maybe even at different locations. Okay. Um, 
but for the most part. Do they have a non-compete or anything like that? No, I mean, they're all, they're all, so if you have a membership at one studio, you can go to any of my studios. And most of my instructors teach at all the studios, which is nice because it adds some variety to your day. You're not going to the same place every day. You know, it's always interesting. You've got new clients to, you know, um, see and, and, um, chat with. So when I'm thinking about, um, developing uh, this clientele, I, I sometimes sometimes wonder really on Jeff's side, is it a lot of repeat business? No, it's not a lot of repeat business. Okay. Generally, people buy window companies about once every seven years. Okay. So not a huge repeat business. Tied to new homes? Or? Tied to new homes, yeah. However, we kind of modified the business model. The, the original business model was a business to consumer, primarily homeowner, right? We came down to New Orleans. My wife's an ex-interior uh, designer, a commercial interior designer, so I had a lot of uh, interaction with interior designers, builders, architects. So we really started calling on the design trade a lot. So we work with a number of interior designers in town, and they are repeat customers. So we've got a strong repeat business with designers, builders. We do a lot of schools every year. We do replacement shades for a lot of the schools. So we do have a component of repeat business in there. It's kind of a blend now? It is a blend. It's about a 60-40 blend. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Jeff Anderson, owner of New Orleans Budget Blinds, and Kendall Carrier, owner of Bar 3 Workout Studios in New Orleans. Kendall, let's talk about something franchisees uh, are always asked about is you have a footprint and sort of a, oh, I don't know, like a, like a guard against anyone coming in to your territory. How does that work? So when you initially open, um, you actually buy a territory. So you buy zip codes. Sound familiar or, to you from yeah, West, yeah, you buy a territory, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A set of zip codes. And, um, and they do that really to protect your business and anyone else who'd want to open because they know X amount of um, radius one will thrive. That must have been a tough decision. You had the one going well. Yes. And a lot of people stumble Opening the second. Well, I always knew when I was going to open one, I was going to open multiple. I never wanted one studio. I wanted um, a little empire, honestly. Um, And I knew that the attraction of one would potentially, um, someone would want to open one. So I thought it might as well be me. You know? (laughs) So um, it's been, it's been interesting. There's so many lessons in expanding. Um, Well, plus you've got to let go a little bit, right? And that, a lot of entrepreneurs have a lot easy. of trouble there. That's yeah. never easy. As a matter of fact, I'm meeting with my leadership team this evening um, so they can go over my duties to kind of force me to let some more of them go. Because they're like, you don't need to be doing some of these things you're doing, but I've been doing them for so long, and it is hard. It's hard to let some of that go. I think tomorrow you will have a new hobby. That's <laughs> yeah, going right. to be great. Jeff, how right. did it work over with you? <clears throat> so Budget Blinds, actually, it's a territory defined by zip code boundaries, and they do it by number of households. So I got my franchise right after Katrina, and there was nobody here, and they weren't sure if anyone was going to come back, so I got pretty much the whole city, which I would not get today. Ah. I got a much larger territory than I would get today. For having that courage, you were rewarded. Rewarded, yeah. Yeah, we'll call it courage. Jeff, you mentioned uh, at one point owning multiple businesses at the same time. What what were they, and how did you juggle that? Well... I've got a very short attention span, so, you know, I just kind of went from one to the other. But There's I started, a skill set. <laughs> yeah. Um, back in the 80s, I started off early on with um, the video stores. When video tapes first came out, and this was 1980, 81. It would not be a good business today. No, no. gosh, no. You could see, you know, it's, yeah. the, buggy, it's right. the buggy whip <laughs> okay. sort of thing. But uh, that was just such a tremendous business because nobody knew what we were doing. We all just kind of made it up right. as we went along, you know. And then that grew into 
other offshoots of that. We had a specialty advertising business focusing around that. We had ended up with 15, 15 units, multiple territories, or multiple stores for the for the videotapes. And when you were doing that, I mean, it's, it's kind of one thing to be Kendall and have three different uh, oh, stores in the same business, but when you were, did you feel too spread out? No. Really? No, absolutely not. No, I had a good team of people around me. And, you know, it's interesting to hear you say you're in the three stores. What I found is where most people fail is in the second store because mm -hmm. they try to do the same thing in two places. But if you get to three, you can go to 10. You can go to 15. Once you get that system down of, of letting things go, mm -hmm. you just keep going. Once you get past two. It's the it's letting trail. things go part that's the – because, I mean, with, with – uh, what Jeff had just mentioned, if you try to make the second one exactly like the first one, did you run into that? Absolutely, because um, the first one was thriving, so of course I just wanted to replicate it. But you realize very quickly that there is only one of you, and you can't be in two places at once. So it forces your hand. I mean, you have to. You have to get systems in place instead of you being the system in place. You know, it, the buck always stopped with me, and then when you have two, if I'm at one it has to it has to go to someone else well now now yeah. hearing jeff does that make you want to open another seven no i'm happy with three okay. i'll be honest <laughs> i'll be happy with three I, we've often talked about um you know potentially putting one on the north shore and i'm seeing myself commuting and it's like what's it all about i mean, would add the stress you're trying to get right rid of. Yes. right i'm trying to increase my quality of life not you know <laughs> decrease it and become a road warrior you know <laughs> now kendall and jeff this is the part of the show we call another great idea uh maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got a great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity you should jump on. You can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that may have turned out really great, or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or your career of a friend who had a great idea for you? Did you take their advice and how did it turn out? Jeff, I'll start with you. Well, absolutely, yeah. And, and, and this business is a, is a great example of that. So before I was with Budget Blinds, I was a franchise broker. And as a franchise broker, I would help people that were interested in finding a franchise. Now, these would, you were not working for one particular franchise. You're working... That's correct, Okay, yes. I get you. We re I represented about 150 franchises. So people would come to me and say, I want to do a franchise, and we'd identify a number of characteristics, what they're looking for. We'd, we'd select several franchises, and then I'd help them through the investigation process so they find the one that's the best fit for them, right? So I got bored doing that and, and wanted to start another franchise. And, um, you know, there's always all these great concepts, fitness concepts. There's always the sexy new yep. – there's always the new McDonald's, get it on the ground floor, right? So I was all excited investigating everything. And a, a friend of mine who's also a broker – said, Jeff, you got to look at budget blinds. And he just wouldn't give up. And I remember telling him one day, dude, I'm not selling blinds for a living. <laughs> not going to happen, right? But eventually I looked at the company. It just had everything for me. It was a perfect fit for me, fit me well. And uh, gosh, it's been now 11 years. Wow. We've covered over 42,000 windows. And I'm selling blinds for a living. So it was That's the awesome. best yeah. advice. It turned w into great advice. Was he a advice. franchisee himself? No, he was another broker. Ah, so he had kind of looked at the myriad of options himself. And well, and he could see me more clearly than I could see myself. Oh. Mm -hmm. Which is so often right. true. That yeah. is 
Right. That's a good friend. That's kind of he Kendall good. would say mm-hmm. in her studio. That's a very kumbaya kind of thing to yes, say. Yes, right. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> that is true. Now, Kendall, what, awesome. was, what was your uh, experience here? Well, I, my, my dad gives so much wisdom to anyone he meets. Um, he's often giving me um, golf advice. I don't play golf. <laughs> poker advice. Rarely play poker. Um, but he's, I, I've got a, a piece of good advice and a piece of not so good advice. When I was opening my first studio... He, um, he grew up in New York City and going to the gyms in New York City. And they used to have delis in the gym, like a oh. delicatessen. And he recommended in my Uptown studio that I put a deli, like where you can go get a pastrami on rye <laughs> after working out. <laughs> so was, at the end, you kind of broke even on the day? That- can you imagine? He was pretty insistent. I was like, Daddy, I don't, this is not going to work. <laughs> pastrami. But the great advice he gave me, he gave to me young. And it was, um, if you save more than you spend, you know, you'll always have money. So I started investing really young in my 401k and putting the max in, and I've been a good saver, and um, and I'm I'm seeing that continue to grow, and I'm passing that advice on to our girls, and um, so that nugget I held on to, even though know, even when you're 22 and you want to just go blow it on a oh. new pair of shoes, I was I was a pretty good saver. And you are wearing it's radio, yes, but you are wearing, wearing pretty terrific shoes. shoes. Right, I was gonna, right. gonna point that out. They, right. uh, they uh, now you know neither of you have gone into the Oh, the industry that we think the most of is food. You probably both looked at it. What was it that either turned you off to that or just seemed like it was a better place somewhere else? You can't see it since it's a radio show, but I recently <laughs> burned myself cooking. So I definitely know that like food, food was not going to be. I like to eat it. I'm okay at cooking it. But, um, but the injuries. I right, mean, you but can't the injuries. Really... Right in the well, hours. I mean, evenings and weekends. Oh, that's true. That's that is, not for me. That is brutal <laughs> yeah. business. And you had a passion to blinds. Well, I did have no. passion to blinds, of course. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, I never noticed blinds before I bought the business. But now I bet you go into somebody's house, and that's the first oh, yeah. thing you look at. Everywhere. Sure. Constantly. It's a, it's we did a the curse. best we could here at Commanders. I think it's pretty <laughs> nice. Yeah. Is that, so, um, so you didn't do it on a passion basis. In fact, that I'll, I'll kind of ask both of you this. If somebody were thinking of going into a franchise, what would be on the checklist? Like, Jeff mentioned something terrific, the idea of talking to the other franchisees. But... Um, is there some things on your checklist, and is it individually, um, or is it just things you, you watch out for in a, in a deal? Mm-hmm. What yeah. Go for it. I think, I think it's totally individual. So, for instance, you mentioned food. One of the reasons I didn't want to get into food is I did not want a fixed retail location, a storefront-type location, which a restaurant demands, and I didn't want a lot of employees. So I worked in restaurants when I was younger, and you've got a tremendous turnover in, in restaurants, a lot of, of people coming and going. I did not want that. So I had a, a very strict criteria of the things that I wanted. I didn't want to work nights. I don't want to work weekends. The, you know, when yeah. you build out your list of what you want. So there's two ways of looking at a business. And, and if you look at a business as to what the business can do for you about creating the lifestyle that you want, you don't want to be a road warrior, for instance, right. you look for a business that gives you that lifestyle. And what the business does becomes secondary. What the business provides should be primary. And really, franchising, I think, gives you the opportunity to go out and look and say, here's all of these opportunities. Which one's going to give me the lifestyle I'm looking for? And then you have the opportunity to go in and really vet it and, and say, well, yeah, it does or no, it doesn't. And if it doesn't, move on. 
I gave a talk to the Franchise Association annual meeting in Vegas a couple of years ago, and just walking through there, I just couldn't believe how many things I would have never thought up. Yeah. So it's uh, some are better deals than others. They. Uh, sure. What's on your? What would be on your checklist? Well, so I was the thirty fourth location to open out of. Now we have like hundred and thirty bar three. So we were kind of making it up together, honestly, five years ago, and that really appealed. To get me, in like I, early, uh, yeah, getting yeah. in early and having the freedom. So for me, it's freedom. I I very often forget that I I'm a part of a franchise. So a lot of work, but freedom. A lot of work, but okay. freedom. I mean, it's like my business. I've got the flexibility to make any decision for my business. Um, the piece that I love personally is to be able to get from from a franchise what you know you're not naturally good at. So for instance, coming up with marketing slicks or coming up with um, promotions in advance. I'm kind of a little bit on the fly, which is um, not always good for business planning. Um, so I, I get that, I get marketing support from them, but I don't get told what to do every day. And that's important for me. Starting up a business and running a business is not for the faint of heart, yet millions of us do it. Uh, one way of reducing the risk is by buying into a franchise. Budget blinds, for example, Jeff. Another method of stress reduction is working out. So presumably if you buy into a workout franchise like Bar 3, Kendall, it's even less stressful. That's true. Uh, <laughs> it's the, built in. The fact is, of course, as we've learned today, the franchises and formulas are a great place uh, to start, but what you do with that franchise is still all on you as the business person. Kendall and Jeff, this has been a really informative look at the world of franchising. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on, on Out to Lunch. So. Amazing. Thank, Thank you so much. <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Kendall Carrier. She's the owner of Bar 3 Studios in Uptown, downtown in Old Metairie, and Jeff Anderson, owner of the New Orleans Budget Blinds. You can find out more about Kendall's workouts and Jeff's blinds by following the links on our website it's neworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. And today's show is engineered by Thomas Walsh. Our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to this show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and It's New Orleans Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Schuert & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, 